Good morning. You may be seated. It is so great to be back with you all. For those of you who know me, for those of you who do not, I am Chaplain Q. I am a chaplain across the street at Brooklyn Methodist Hospital, and I am thankful to Pastor Steve and Pastor Spencer for their kindness in allowing me to be with you all today. Our text has just been read beautifully. It's coming from Matthew 17, verses 1 through 9. I will be preaching a journey with transformation. Our text opens with six days later. It begs the question of what occurred prior to those six days. I will catch you up with some brief cliff note version of chapter 16. After having an unpleasant encounter with the Pharisees and Sadducees, who demanded Jesus show them, a, show them a sign, Jesus, being the great teacher he is, turned it into a lesson moment and made a prophetic warning about the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know, those teachings or laws that create are created in a world that likes divisiveness between the have and the have-nots. Those teachings that attempt to erase history apart from one that is Eurocentric and devoid of queerness, womanhood, the poor, or diversity. Jesus beseeched his disciples to stay away from their yeast. As usual, the disciples took a minute to gain an understanding of his message, but eventually their light bulb came on. Jesus then proceeded to proclaim his messiahship, and Peter had just been blessed as the foundation of the church for leaning on only what God could reveal to him, and he emphatically declared Jesus as the messiah of the living God. Jesus spent intimate time with his trusted 12 in a land that was built for pagan worship, and then he stopped for six days. We don't know what Jesus was doing, doing during those days before going up the mysterious mountain that has now been come to known as the Mount of Transfiguration. I imagine he was tired. It's not easy feat being vulnerable. And Jesus displayed the utmost vulnerability with his disciples in chapter 16. So while we may not know the intimate details of his six-day hiatus, it is clear that he waited a while before doing anything else labor-intensive. That brings us to the text titled The Transfiguration of Jesus in chapter 17. Transfiguration contains the Latin roots of trans, meaning cross, and figura, meaning form or shape. Merriam-Webster defines transfiguration as a change in form or appearance, a metamorphosis, if you will, an exalting, glorifying, or spiritual change. There was something supernatural about the change Jesus underwent on the mountaintop. It was not solely an outward change, not an outward transformation, but one that shone forth from the inside to his outward parts. As I think about these words, these various definitions offered the mission that Jesus was sent to complete and the magnificent move of God, I have to bring you all into the hospital with me. 
I know you, some of you are used to me speaking closely about issues of the world or only touching briefly of, on some of my experiences in the hospital. But I want to do something a little different today. I can't help but to have you all experience a microcosm of the lessons that I received from a patient whom I will name Sunshine. I had the pleasure of getting to know her for the last two and a half years. Her life came to a close last month after only experiencing a quarter of a century. She was forced to mature more quickly than necessary. Those moments of maturity came to a head when she had to choose her quality of life over continuing to suffer in anguish. She made the decision to live out her days as joyous as possible and placed herself on comfort care. I can't help but to see the parallels of her process in the transfiguration of Jesus. One thing for certain, we may never know where we will receive our life lessons if we are willing to be an open vessel. And as we have witnessed with the experiences of Jesus, there's a lot of life to be found leading up to and through death. How many times in our lives <clears throat> excuse me, do we know that we have something major arising? Then we cave into the pressure, the anxiety, the uncertainty, and just plow right on through without much thought. I know I have been guilty of this. I procrastinate. I doubt, or I'm overly confident and zealous to get something done, and then I start it and I don't finish it. Or I have to start again because it wasn't right. The reality is, if I had paused and sat with it a bit more thoughtfully, I would have been much better off. I was on a flight the other day, recording our taxi and down the runway. And then I remembered that we were gonna come to a complete stop before takeoff. And I asked myself, what's the point of recording us standing still? Then I thought a little deeper about both sunshine and the text. For reasons unbeknownst to us, the text thought it important to show that Jesus took time before going up that mountain. Six days, Jesus had been working miracles for months, healing the sick, sharing the gospel, revealing his truths. He was working and working hard. Then he paused for six days. Now I know we don't usually pause on the runway for longer than a few minutes, but a lot happens during that pause. The pilot is told to process out into the runway and then stop to receive further directions. In other terms, when the plane is on the one runway, it is not automatically ready for takeoff. There are other things that must, must transpire prior to its ascension. Air traffic has to clear, other planes have to land, and the controller has to give the okay to proceed with takeoff. Sunshine was no different. She had made up her mind what she was going to do after suffering with the major element for the majority of her life. But when it came time to be relieved of her pain and suffering, she had to pause and let us staff members know it wasn't time yet. She knew she wanted to be placed on comfort care, but she did not rush her process. She wanted a few more days to experience life as well as she could with her family and friends. She said yes to comfort care, but not right now to death. 
I pray that none of us must stare in the face of death and plan on how to live our lives knowing that we are gonna die at any moment. If we think about Jesus and his ministry, we begin to see the intention behind a six-day pause before he processed up a mountain after declaring his death and resurrection to his disciples. Jesus' pause was an important message for us in our daily lives. Last October, the NAP ministry created by Tricia Hersey released a book called Rest is Resistance. And I encourage you all to either check it out or check out the NAP ministry itself. It is a blessing to be encouraged to slow down, to be more thoughtful with our time and not to cave into the, the pressure from society to be productive or to perform wellness. Sometimes we just need to pause and rest. I'm just gonna let the text preach itself today, so stay with me. Jesus paused for six, day, six days before going up Mount Transfiguration, and then he chose his day ones to accompany him. Some scholars have linked James and John as Jesus's cousins. And well, Peter, as I mentioned earlier, Peter saw Jesus for who he truly was, the son of the living God. Jesus chose three of his most trusted disciples and took them along for his journey. And I think that is a lesson for us as well. Who do we keep with us? Who are we in community with in some of our most vulnerable and intimate moments? Can they be trusted to not interfere with what God has called us to do? And can they handle when God shows up and moves in our lives? Sunshine understood this. There were three of us chaplains that walked with her throughout the last few years, and she wanted to make sure that we were able to walk alongside her for the latter portion of her journey. She sought counsel from us. She left us some rich gems on how she enjoyed her life. She asked the existential questions and created moments of joy, even in the midst of her experience. She also was surrounded by her immediate family throughout the whole process. It is important to surround yourself with those that you can trust. Jesus and his trusted companions ascended upon the mountain, and then the glory of God is revealed through a sequence of three separate manifestations. Jesus was transfigured, or in the Greek, metamorpho where the true inward nature of God was revealed on the outside, brighter than the sun. Transformation occurs from the inside out. Jesus was not a transient being, able to be swayed from his true calling. He was the light of the world, sent to show us how to move, breathe, and live in a space that has people seeking to thrust their evil upon the most vulnerable. His light was revealed to those three disciples that were with him. For a brief moment, they were able to bask in Jesus's fullness while he was yet still alive on this earth. God also sent Moses and Elijah. Moses was a representation of the law and Elijah a representation of the great prophets. That was not the only thing that made them special in this moment. Both experienced supernatural manifestations of God's divinity in their lives. And both also had mysterious deaths. 
Deuteronomy 24 lets us know that Moses died at age 120 with the same sight and strength that he had all of his life. Now I know that's a miracle. I recently turned 40 and I can feel the downturn of my body parts, <laughs> including my eyesight. <laughs> I'm sure someone else in here can relate as well. <laughs> so also no one knows where Moses grave is aside from him being buried in Moab. In 2 Kings, Elijah was walking with Elisha and Elijah was taken up in the sky by a whirlwind of a chariot of horses engulfed in fire, just vanished. Lastly, it is interpreted by some that Peter misspoke and put Jesus on the same level as Moses and Elijah. He asked Jesus if he should build three tents God interrupted and appeared in the form of a cloud and declared Jesus as the only begotten son and that they should listen to him. It was clarification that Jesus was not the same as Moses and Elijah, but the fulfillment of promises made to them. These were supernatural occurrences and manifestations of the presence of God all over their lives. And the disciples were able to witness the glory of Jesus while he was yet still alive. So what do these natural miracle, nat supernatural miracles mean for us? After all that occurred in chapter 16, through the fear that was experienced by the disciples, after God spoke to them on that mountain, after the glory of the Lord is revealed, all of these things show that God sends confirmation. We can rest in knowing that God will send confirmation of the things that God says God is going to do through and for us. Now the issue with this is that confirmation may not, we may not often recognize it. It may not be confirmation of what we desire and it may cause some discomfort, but that does not deter from the confirmation of God for what we need the most. Sunshine had been speaking of her tiredness during the last few hospitalizations. We watched her spirit wither with her health for months prior to the goals of care meeting where she decided that it was time. This was confirmation. None of us wanted it. We knew it was coming and it was the truth. She trusted God enough to take care of her even unto death, which she was going to expedite to find relief because nothing else would help. Again, I reiterate that confirmation does not always arise in a pretty package with a nice card. Sometimes it's the nitty gritty realizations of things that we know but don't want to know or the things that someone may need but we can't understand why. Other times God's confirmation can look like a response to Peter's announcement of who Christ was I would go as far as to say that Moses and Elijah on that mountain were also confirmation to Jesus that he is not alone in his soon coming death. That there were others that gave their lives to serve God and now they are with God as well. Confirmation can be something as simple as someone complimenting you on, your, on a presentation, a piece of art, or anything that you have been pouring your heart into. Where are you missing your moments of confirmation? I challenge you to open up yourself to the things around you and see where you can see God showing up 
and confirming your pathway. As our text comes to a close, we witness Jesus and the three disciples making their descent down the mountain. And in verse nine, Jesus admonishes them to tell no one of what they witnessed until after his death and resurrection. Sometimes you have to keep some things to yourself for the protection of what you are doing and those around you. One of the last things Sunshine said to me was my sister is the only one I can trust. And then the morphine confusion kicked in. There were people around us and she called her sister closer. I had to ask someone to give us a second so that she could express herself freely. Now what would have happened if I went back to any of the people in the room and told them what she said in that moment of vulnerability, it could have caused utter chaos. The same thing could be true for Jesus. He was already facing hate from the powers that be. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were testing him at every turn. Some of the Jews believed that Jesus was blasphemous. It was already a big mess due to the lack of understanding and denial of his ministry. Imagine them going back and saying, y'all, guess what? We were just visited by Eliza and Moses up on a mountaintop. And God spoke to us through a crowd, a cloud that Jesus is in fact God's son and that we should listen to him. We were so scared, but Jesus is telling the truth. Chaos and confusion, fights and frustration would have ensued. I went to Sunshine's viewing it was only the second time doing that in my almost five years at the hospital. I felt numb and didn't really talk about her to anyone outside of us who knew her. But I too had to wait until I received confirmation to do so. It had to be the right time, with the right people, and in the right setting. As much as I know is it exciting to share things, we have to take care about who we are sharing with and with the timing of when we decide to share. Wait for the confirmation of God on matters that are near and dear to you. Take those moments to pause and let the glory of God transform you from the inside out. Amen.